Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Farm to Table Podcast KE. On this episode, we have part two of my conversation with Sheree Williams from Cuisine Noir magazine. We continue our conversation on African food stories where we discuss the need for representation and inclusion when it comes to people of African descent in food conversations and the progress that is currently being made towards this effort. Welcome. Yeah, and you said something so interesting about um, the the black people in America not wanting to go into farming because of the you know the unfortunate history with slavery. And I never thought about that. You know, like <laughs> I hope I don't you, sound um, no no no. It, it, you I, know, there was many where um, people were like I'm not I'm not farming. I'm not picking mm, this. I'm not picking that. You know, and yeah. there's a whole other conversation around um you know our farm workers that are there now mm. um with a lot of our mexican migrant farm workers that are there you know it's, it's just mm-hmm. it's a whole interesting conversation around that but again as more as the narrative has been changed mm. in our minds so that we now un understand the power of food and the power of food sovereignty and there and that is thanks to so many mm-hmm. uh of farmers that have helped to change that narrative right um that mm-hmm. kept those food traditions alive on the farms and then you have so many food advocates bryant terry and so many others that know the power of just food and when you grow it and when you touch it and all of that so again that narrative has changed um and mm-hmm. it's exciting to see because of it what is going on um around it so because yeah. you know adding to that mm-hmm. you'll you'll hear a lot of chefs especially chef joe randall who is um of the generation of, of leah chase and patrick clark that mm-hmm. you know it was you need to become a lawyer a doctor Mm-hmm. A, a engineer that's sort of the narrative that's out there and you hear a lot of chefs that say that as well that mm-hmm. that's what their parents wanted for them that's uh-huh. the american dream if you're coming over here um to start life in america that's the be a doctor be uh-huh. you know all of that um and so being a chef wasn't something that was on their radar something uh-huh. for a lot that was something that you that you want to be but again how strong are those food traditions in that household that when you're making you know something with your mom and you're cooking with grandma all of that Mm. that, those seeds that were planted are so strong that Mm -hmm. again when when you know you see that you know life in corporate america is not what it you know you thought it would be or mm-hmm. you want something that's more fulfilling and that's where the food comes in then you know here you have it so yeah yeah and i i get that because for me uh i always knew that i wanted to be in this field of agriculture and you know food so i i honestly can't imagine anything different like maybe if i had gone to school and studied law and been a lawyer (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then later on found out that no actually 
uh, agriculture is where I want to be at. I mean, it's I can't imagine that. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, but I get it. Mm. Yeah, but I I get it because even here in Kenya, um, okay, maybe during our time, yes, our parents were very much for be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. But mm-hmm. as time has gone by, you know, a lot has changed and. Now I think Absolutely. more people are encouraging people to work on their skills, you know, like find a skill that you have and that you love and, you know, make money of that. And, you know, it's about happiness too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what it's coming down for a lot of individuals. Of, of course, everyone wants to make money. They right. want to, you know, live a certain way, have certain things, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I will speak for me. I would rather have make sure I have a place over my head, I have food, mm. and I'm happy than to go to some job that I'm not happy with where mm. I'm experiencing a lot of different things. That's right. another whole conversation. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it comes back to what's making you happy and what's truly feeding your soul. Mm. Um, and that's what's important. So, and you know what? And mm. and if being a lawyer, being, you know, if you find your fulfillment and your calling in jobs that are outside of the culinary agriculture, that is awesome. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And I think right. the bottom line is whatever it is, just mm-hmm. make sure you do what you're passionate about, what you feel you can contribute positively to the world. That's what it's about. Yes. Because as you know, we need doctors, we need dentists, mm. we need engineers, we need all that. And we need to be there, right? Because yes. we know culturally, we need to be there to make sure that we are represented as Black people in those mm. narratives in the medical field, in the engineering field. So we need that representation there. So yeah. whatever, again, makes your soul sing, that's what you need to do. Mm, right, right. What kind of food? Um, what would you say are like the most commonly consumed foods among, you know, let's say in America, among the di- the African diaspora? Wow, you know, that is sort of tough. And the reason why I say that is because mm-hmm. there's so many different foods in each culture, right? So mm-hmm. if you look at the um, sort of the African-American culture, mm. you know, it, it it really could vary, um, but you, you definitely see a lot of greens, right? Mm. So whether you're seeing uh, kale or collards, mustard turnips, mm-hmm. um, different greens in that capacity, um, you're seeing their cabbage is another big one that you've seen among vegetables and things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, it just, it varies between, you know, African-Americans, between Jamaicans, between, mm. you know, Nigerians, between Guyanese, you know, so Dominicans, because mm. um, everyone has the staples of their cuisine, mm-hmm. but then they also get out and enjoy other ones as well. Mm. Um, now, if I was to say overall, you know, just some fun ones that mm-hmm. we're all enjoying these days, you know, um, we all enjoy a good sandwich of some type, you know, uh-huh. doing that. You know, uh, plant-based foods are, are really popular these days, as we've seen mm-hmm. um, a, a big, you know, movement with uh, Pinky Cole and Slutty Vegan really just 
bringing plant-based uh, diets and um, foods to the forefront. So I would, you're, you're really seeing, um, that's what I would say, plant-based mm. foods among uh, more African-Americans or more or people of African descent are becoming even more popular. Now we know mm-hmm. that being new to a plant-based diet is nothing new to us as, as uh, black people, there's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we've been left out of those conversations and those narratives so that it does look more white than it does black. Mm-hmm. And so we're really seeing a lot of great um, people, uh, chefs, food bloggers, food influencers that are bringing that to the forefront. And so mm-hmm. I think we're just really enjoy, enjoying the freedom of exploring food. Um, a lot more, you know, for myself, you Mm. know, as a black person here in the diaspora, I stick to foods that I love, you know, Mm. we were big on soul food Sundays. And so, you know, our greens, collard greens, cabbage, things Mm -hmm. like that, Uh, meatloaf, fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, Mm -hmm. coleslaw, you know, really stay true. Those are my my true foundation staples of who I am and who I grew up on. Mm -hmm. Um, But then sometimes I'll switch it around with a pot roast Mm -hmm. um, and just do, you know, we love sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are always in our diets. And Mm -hmm. so we have it in some form, whether it's a baked potato or Mm -hmm. baked potato and kale is like my favorite combination of Mm -hmm. having those two together. So, you know, again, I would not to put anyone in a box, but I say (laughs) cultures definitely stay close to home. Mm -hmm. And then they'd love to, you know, do some fusions with different things um, to to, to twist it up or to change Mm -hmm. it up some. Yeah, and and would you say that um, a large population, I mean, a large group um, prefer to pre- make their own meals or a lot a large population prefer to eat out let's see what is that you know what there's enjoyment you know we were going to be we did our last survey that we did for mm. our cuisine noir uh, readers we're going to be doing one in 2024 where we just take another snapshot of our readers mm. but you know based on that snapshot mm-hmm. you know they're there's enjoyment of going out and there's the whole socialization of going out and eating out too. Mm. Right. Um, So you have some that don't like to cook. You have some that like to cook, but still like to go out and experience, Mm. you know, the food directly from the source. Right. There's no one that can make some good Italian pasta, like somebody who's Italian. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you have that. So I would say it's very mixed Mm. um, because dining out, serves different purposes for certain people again i love going out to eat because of the social aspect of it i need Mm. to get out the house Um, i want i know some good foods and things like that and so Mm. i would say you know just speaking about our audience and just speaking you know definitely we're seeing that that has since the pandemic has sort of you know, we're, mm. we're seeing the remnants of it, right? But it's still right. with us in certain ways. Um, mm. But di- out, uh, going out and dining has definitely picked up again. Yeah, because, yeah, for sure, for the social aspect, there's... Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much value from just going out with your friends and having a meal mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. coming from a time when we couldn't, I, I can understand why it would be fun to do that absolutely Mm. i i i consider it part of (laughs) self-care right (laughs) it is part of (laughs) self-care
Yeah. The next um, question would be having, you know, working in media and telling these kind of stories. What challenges do you mostly face? You know, I would say mm. the challenges that is very um one one of the things that we're facing as media, as black media, mm. as small niche media mm-hmm. is we are still just facing opportunities among advertisers mm-hmm. and brands to embrace our publication brand Mm -hmm. Um, and that is one of the biggest challenges that we are facing right now in black media Mm. Um, and and it's not just myself it it is the big ones it's our legacies such as the essence and the ebonies of the world black enterprise all the way down to our new gen such as myself Mm -hmm. you know we we and roland martin who is a um, prominent black journalist here in the states he has been very vocal about it. Um, and you can see a video he did on March 1st on his YouTube channel mm-hmm. where he just really lays it out that, you know, we are not getting equity as mm. media professionals that mm-hmm. some of the white brands are. And just the fight to really help with that. And I would have mm-hmm. to say, you know, it's not just that too. We need also our black um, advertisers to support us as well. Mm-hmm. Our destinations that are, you know, our Caribbean destinations, you know, if mm. African destinations can support us, we need support from all ends as we are looking to create this content mm-hmm. that represents who we are, that shares our voice in an authentic way. We mm-hmm. need the support from both sides. And so that is one of the biggest challenges that um, I face and others face right now in the publishing industry. Yeah, I, I can relate to that a bit because um, for me as well, doing um, my podcast, it's quite niche. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, now a lot of podcasts have come up where they talk about, you know, everyday everyday life, um, comedy, lifestyle, things that everybody can relate to and would, you know, like to hear. But speaking about niche topics, I find that is a different kind of challenge because it's right. difficult to find support within a niche, a niche area. Like <laughs> you're, you're the only one who is speaking about that, but you know, you're, you, you're not getting as much support because the advertisers, they, they need the numbers and maybe your numbers are not the best. There's always that fight of mm. uh, quantity versus quality, right? Yeah. Um, there's always that that's going to be there. And then, you know, just looking at, some um, presentations that are done where if depending on your subject of your publication or your podcast, Mm -hmm. do advertisers feel that's too risque, you know, Mm. that do you want to be aligned with Black Lives Matter? Do Mm. you want to be aligned if we mention pro-choice on our podcast or whatever? Mm. You know, what what does that look like for an advertiser? Um, Even though they give the disclaimer that, Mm -hmm. you know, that those are not our views, whatever. But still, there's still some topics and things that they just don't want to be aligned with, but we're not going to censor what we talk about. So we just, as a matter of just finding the right people that will support or and finding various ways to keep moving forward with work. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because for me as well, like when I try, when I speak about um, some topics, for example, I really like to discourage people from using in in farming, using you know too many chemicals and too mm-hmm. many those kind of things. But that's those are the people that make the majority of the money. So it it they would probably not you know be drawn to support me because they'd say no you're driving away business from us right exactly. yeah exactly yeah so from looking at some of your work i also saw that you support small businesses so please absolutely could you please tell us a bit more about that you know, in addition to sharing their stories, right? Because mm-hmm. what we want to do is, you know, we have fun with the celebrity stories, mm-hmm. the chefs that are more well-known um, mm-hmm. due to TV fame or whatever the case may be, or just their work in general, because, right, they, they're doing good work. Mm-hmm. But we also want to talk about the restaurant in the on the corner that, you know, may not have the budgeting dollars or mm. the desire, right? Because yeah. everybody, sometimes people just want to get in business and serve good food and that's what they want to focus on. Mm. Um, and so we're there to support them and tell their story. And mm-hmm. so that's what we love doing. And then anyways, you know, we don't give out grants, but we're here to be an information source so mm. that businesses know what's going on who is supporting what, who is offering what, and how they can be a part. And so if there's anything that we can do to help small businesses gain information, tools, and resources Mm. to grow their businesses and and to sustain them, that's what we love to do. Yeah, and I I relate to that so much as well because... even the people that I speak to, I speak to, yes, organizations that are doing big things and they probably have budgets to also, you know, advertise and, you know, put out their message out there. But I also like to speak to smaller people, smaller businesses and just highlight, highlight their work. And if one of those bigger businesses, you know, is able to gain contact with a smaller one, then that's wonderful. You know, everyone start. I, I mean, we all start small. I would mm. think even Disney started small. I mean, yeah. ev- these if companies start small with one person's most of the times vision, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon, Jeff Bezos in his garage, right? Mm-hmm. Who left his his job on what Wall Street or so to say he wanted to sell books online. Mm. You know, in the pictures that you see of him in his garage. Everyone started small. So it's it's funny sometimes how people forget that. And so therefore they go straight to those that are, that what you see now, mm. forgetting their story of how but, they got there mm. and not giving a chance to those that are starting that story, just mm. as Jeff Bezos did uh, to where he is now. So I, sometimes I think things get lost in business where people forget that, we all have a small beginning somehow, you know, we're, we're not all fortunate mm. to come together and have, you know, and I don't know who did this. I'm just throwing that out there, but mm. you know, we didn't, a lot of us didn't inherit land. A lot of us didn't inherit the Hiltons of mm. the worlds and stuff like that to begin to just be born into this empire. You know, a lot of us for the most part work hard from what, what we have and we're right. growing every day. And I, and I would probably venture to say that may be the majority of us. Uh, yeah, I think that's the majority of us. And for me as well, I 
find it so inspirational um speaking to my guests i always say this my the highlight of what i do is speaking to the guests that i speak to because i get to learn so much and i'm on i'm always in awe of the ideas you know people are brilliant out here they have these brilliant ideas and it's just amazing to just listen and learn mm-hmm. from them no i agree and that's definitely one of the highlights of the work that i do as well to get to meet wonderful people like yourself and and so many others that are looking at how they can have an impact in the world and mm. and change you know and and there's not sometimes we're not the loudest people in the world um, yeah. in the room but we're doing work that's important um mm. and those that you know see us and understand that we just need to keep our heads down and keep grinding and doing the work that we feel that we're called to do. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So that's all from me. Um, so do you have any parting shots? You know, I want to say, look out. We are um, going to be planning our next print issue and it's mm-hmm. going to be very exciting mm-hmm. um with the theme i won't quite share it yet so maybe your listeners can continue to stay in touch with you on this subject because i'm happy to share but mm-hmm. we've got a lot more great things that we are planned definitely invite um, your audience to go to cuisine noir mm-hmm. to look at all of our stories that are coming out of the u.s africa Europe, Canada, etc. And mm. follow that. And then we're also on Instagram. You can stay connected with us there at Cuisine Noir Magazine. Mm. We're also on Facebook, Cuisine Noir Magazine, and then Twitter as well. And so uh, definitely invite everyone to follow us, to share uh, the work that we're doing, and just look out to some exciting things that we're going to be planning in the upcoming months. Right. I will... Uh, um... I will link below, you know, all the details so that in the show notes so that people can be able to see and follow you and and everything that you're doing. Um, So is it just the magazine or do you also have other forms of media? We do. So we also have our podcast. So we also have a podcast. It's called Diaspora Food Stories. Mm -hmm. And we release a new episode every uh, other Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So yesterday we just released our latest one with Chef Sivokazi, who's Mm -hmm. a South African chef. And she was on MasterChef South Africa season three. She came Mm -hmm. in as the runner up. So she's sharing her story there, which is very exciting. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, we're excited about our podcast to come is that, again, going back to the whole African diaspora and Mm -hmm. where we are as Black people around the world, we know that we speak different languages. And so um, we are excited to be working to be the first podcast from a, Mm -hmm. a food standpoint that is going to be multilingual. So we are going to be releasing our first Spanish podcast, Spanish and English podcast, as well as our first Portuguese and uh, English podcast in the um, next month. So and then more to come um, as Mm -hmm. we roll out different languages that we hope to include Swahili, French, Dutch and other ones as well. So more Mm -hmm. to come on those podcasts. But in the meantime, you can go to diasporafoodstories.com to look at all of our past guests right it's okay um 
I'll I'll make sure to add all of that in the show notes so that people can easily find you. Awesome. Yeah, so that's all for me. Thank you so much, Sheree, for taking the time. I really enjoyed this conversation. These are the kinds of conversations that I enjoy having and I learned a lot and I'm sure my audience will too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Wimbui, for having me. This was a pleasure. Always love connecting to our brothers and sisters across the pond. Mm. And um, anything that we can do to continue to support you, support what's going on there in Kenya, uh, Mm. and of course, the continent of Africa, uh, let us know because we are here. And as usual, if you would like to be a future guest of the podcast, or if you would like a more personalized conversation, feel free to reach out to me at farmtotablepod at gmail.com or on social media at farmtotablepodcastke on Instagram or farmtotablepodcast on Twitter. Till next time.